Bibles and want to turn. We are in Ephesians chapter 3 today, and we're about halfway through it. If you're looking to find it, my thing I remember from seminary is God eats popcorn. I know that he doesn't, but that's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, the prison letters, right in the middle of the New Testament. Okay. I remember as a kid, not even a young kid, a college student, praying earnestly to God, asking him for a sign for what I was supposed to do with my life. What I want a sign. I don't, I don't do that a lot anymore. Many Christians do. They're looking for, for a sign about what, what steps to take, how to live their life, what to do. Mostly what I do is, is, is seek, after, seek after wisdom. You know, I, I'm a book reader. I was just trying, even in my shelf in there in my, in my office, trying to look at how many books I have, how many of them are about how to live the Christian life. And, and that's, that's something called seeking after wisdom. We do it a lot. We, I would say it's the main way. We're trying to, even with the Bible, figuring out how it is that we're supposed to live our lives, you know. Or, or how do I, I, I can ask questions to try and answer them. How do I handle sort of my, our, our country's checkered history of racism? How do, how do I go to the Bible and, and I apply that in wisdom? How do I navigate the culture? How do I secure a job? How, how do I balance work and home life? How do I be a, a really good parent? How do I how do I work on my marriage? How do I find security in the midst of uncertainty? And I want wisdom for the practical issues of life. We look to the church for this wisdom. We look to the Bible. We look to our moral leaders or or perhaps not so moral leaders. Whatever. Tell us. Give us wisdom. So, in the midst of this pathway that we get on, all of us, the things we're after because of who we are, I call you today, Christian, to open your eyes to what the Bible says you need. To the actual strange pathway that we are on that is anti-culture, world, in a very real, real way. I want you to see with me the prayer from Paul today for Christians. He has you and I in mind this morning. He's identifying what we need. He's after strength for us in this life. He wants us to live in the fullness of Christ. And do you want to be filled with the fullness of God? My answer is yes. I want that for you. I want you to be spurred on to love and good deeds. How is it going to happen? How are you going to make it there? Here's how. Today. It's a good day to be here if you're interested in those things. So we're going to get into the text. Here's Paul, our apostle. He was about to pray last week, if you remember. He he started to bow his knees in prayer, and then he started, oh, wait. And he got off on a sidetrack to tell you why it's okay that he's in prison. Never going to see these Ephesians again. Suffering for them. That's okay, he said. Because Christ is amazing. He's making us a display for the heavens. It's his work, all his beautiful plan. And this morning, he comes back to what he was really wanting to do. He was wanting to pray to this amazing God who exists for you and for me. Okay, so 
I want you to see, I'm calling this strengthened with power today because that's what he's asking for, for you and me. And we're going to start with our need. So verse 14 of chapter 3 in Ephesians, if you have it, we'll start there in our text this morning. For this reason, Paul writes, that's because we were brought near, we who were nothing and God in Christ brought us near to Him, right? We are God's because you're His, Christian. He's talking to the Christian today. Not talking about finding God. Talking about those who have been saved. So, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So, so Paul comes to the Father. Not just any Father, right? Not an earthly Father limited in scope and power. This is the Father from whom every family comes. I love this. Every nationality, every race, every single person who's lived in the past and is dead now, every person who lives today, right now, every person in every environment, every single man, woman, and child, all from this Father. That probably isn't shocking to us. We think God the Father, He made everything and He created us and we're okay with that. We don't think about it. We don't think, hey, wait, Paul's asking the one who made it all. The, the person who started everything and controls everything by his power. And he's sitting there. This is who I'm, I'm asking. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. I love this too. Got to start to think about this with me, okay? Because he's saying, okay, what I want for you is, is this. I'm going to pray. And he kneels down and he says, oh, Father, you who, who, who made us all, your power is amazing. And I'm asking according to the riches of your glory. He's not asking according to our ability. Lord, because of my great prayer, because I'm kneeling really well, he, he says, no, I'm asking according to this Father's riches, the riches of His glory. That's a big old mountain of riches. Because the glory of God spans the heavens. We send out little spaceships to try and go out into this universe that's so big we can't even figure it out. And it's a drop in the bucket to God. His glory is immense. And according to that huge, massive glory, O oh, Father, who's the Father of every single person who has ever lived, oh, please, you who have brought us near in Christ, now the prayer request. And it's there, right? He may grant, that means give, you to be strengthened. Well, that's the need you have. This is the need I have. This is this is good. We really do have a need, you and I. Well, what this means, if he's asking for strength, what does it imply? You're weak. I'm weak. And I think, I, I evaluate for a second. I think, yes, yes, I am weak. I need strength. I rub my hands together. I see. I need strength. I, I, I'm going to see. I need strength to be a good parent. I need strength to be a good husband. 
I need strength to navigate our culture, to fight for justice, to stand for uprightness, to make the right decisions, to get wisdom. And, and, and this is the strength he's asking. He's asking for strength. It's no little request. It's massive. Strengthened with power. That's God's power. Not my power. Paul says, strengthen them with your power, O Father of all. And it's not just strengthened with power. It's strengthened through His Spirit. He's he's actively going to do this. His Spirit making you stronger. I love this. Paul is requesting for Christians that God would make we who are weak stronger by the Spirit. Strengthened in your inner being. Yeah, he's not talking about weightlifting. He's talking about inner strength, real strength, the strength to be all these great things, right? Because because this is what I mean, right? We're not complete, you and I, Christians. It's not directed at people coming to know Christ, people who people who um, need to know who Jesus is. I pray that he would strengthen you to know who Jesus is. No, he's talking to saints who already have given their lives to Christ, who already have said, Jesus is my everything. You need strengthening. We have a need. It is to get stronger, to be strengthened. His power, His Spirit working inside. I love it. I get it. I'm all for it. I want to experience this strength. I want to go out in mighty strength. This is what I think I need. And so let's talk about our strength. What is this strength? It's not push-ups. It's the inner man. So he says, right, strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay, I start to get a little glazed over because this sounds like Sunday school stuff. This God-given strength, this powerful working of the spirit so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, through trust. I think, well... that sounds like just salvation. I think I need to be stronger so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. Maybe it's more than salvation. Maybe I wonder what the strength thing's going to look like. Energy to get up and pray. Energy to engage with society. Power, less desire to sin. More dedicated so that Christ will dwell in me. Like, like this whole theology can start to be built around, okay, we're talking about strengthened with power. I'm just, God's going to strengthen me with power on the inside so that Jesus Christ will dwell in me. So I know that I'm saved and now I want to act so that God will act in me? Is that it? There's a dash there. He's not done. He's still explaining for us. So Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, through trust, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength. So I'm rooted and grounded in his love for me, right? This already takes Holy Spirit power. In fact, I usually think this is the sum total of what God has done for me. He has opened my eyes with Holy Spirit power so that I trust Jesus. This is, this is again, my sort of would be what I think of salvation is. It's, it's, it's this. I'm working hard and plugging into the Holy Spirit now so that I'll be enabled not to sin 
enabled to do good works, enabled to obey God, all of that stuff. So rooted and grounded in love, I say, okay, but where's the strengthening? I am rooted and grounded in love. That's this whole idea of Jesus has opened my eyes to the wonder of the cross and I come and say, yes, I get it. I've turned from my sin and my self-salvation. I've turned to Jesus. Now I'm called a saint. And now Paul says, you're weak and you need strengthening. I say, I get I need strengthening. Give me some Holy Spirit power so this life will go better. That you being rooted and grounded in love Christ's love for you may have strength. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Wait a minute. This is the strength? Not strengthening to obey? Not strengthening to sin less? Not strengthening in wisdom on how to act in society? Strengthening by the Holy Spirit inside by God's power so that now you're already grounded in the love of Christ to now understand Oh, you saints, this is your need. This is where you're weak. To understand, this is what strength is. To understand what is the breadth and length and height and depth, each dimension, each direction, up and down, broad and wide, arrows going off every which way, the huge, massive direction that you can't even owe, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That's Christ's love for you. You can't get enough of it. Again, I say that. I say, hey, Jesus loves me. And it's been said so many thousand times that we don't even understand what it really means. What is love? Say, well, I know what love is. I know 1 Corinthians 13. And you head over there and you read it and you put Jesus' name in each of it. And you start thinking, yeah, that's love. And it's true, that is. But but really functionally for you and me, because our society has ruined it in many ways, where I think it's romance, I think it's flowers and a bouquet, and it seems kind of strange to say Jesus loves me so much. The love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That means God in Christ is committed to my good and your good more than we are. That's the definition of love, right? Sacrifice for us constantly. Him for you. Serve. He serves us. Supports us. Helps us. Forgives us. On and on, He gives, He is providing, He is securing, He is protecting, He is, He is preserving, He is for us. So much deeper than sentimental notions. He sees you at your ugliest. My Savior, your Savior sees you at your worst and says, I adore you. I'm for you. This love engulfs us. It says He's never leaving us or forsaking us. This is love that never ends. It has no limit. It is so deep. And this is what you need. 
strength. Not strength to do good works, right? Strength to understand how deep the love of Christ is for you. I was going over this last night and writing stuff. I like write stuff out and erase it. You know, I do all that stuff. And pastors do that. And I was writing this late last night. And my computer kept crashing. So it's my computer. And I was, I'd write it. First time it crashed, I lost like a page of stuff I was writing. And I was kind of like, Argh. So I rebooted it. It goes on. And 15 minutes later, it died again. And this time I'm like every three minutes, you know, or 30 seconds, however often I remember, I'm clicking the save button. But after the third time or the fourth time and the fifth time, I was like, I am done. Lord, give me the strength to throw this computer out the window. It's going away. I want to punch it. I want to kick it. I want to do something to make it just... I need a new computer. Give me the strength to throw it far or push it through. No, no, no. that's, That's actually even in the moment to step and say, wait a minute. What I want is the strength to pound this with a hammer. But what I have is the sure knowledge that my Savior has me even in the midst of this. He loves me. He adores me. You know what, Swanson? The sermon's going to go fine. Because Jesus has me. This is my need, right? It's our need. It's this radical, amazing, counterintuitive need. The strength to understand how incredibly wide and deep and marvelously unending is the love of Christ for you. Right now, in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your wrong, in the midst of your failure, in the midst of your imperfection, in the midst of your broken relationships, in the midst of the persecutions that people are lobbing at you, or whatever it is, that's that's it, right? You are loved far more than you can imagine. Objection. One small one, at least. You can, because you'll say to me, I, I know, I know, I, I live here too. This is really important, Dax. I get that this is it, but, but I also need other stuff. I need wisdom. I want God and the church to provide for me information and instruction on how to be a good person. The proper way to act in society, the moral advancement for me and my kids. Train them up in the way they should go, you know, so that when they're old, they don't, well, don't say it that way. So when they're older, they succeed. And I get it. I'm a studier. I went to Princeton. I read good books. I I like wisdom. The Bible is, is, there's lots of law in it in different ways. You can say that these are moral precepts that God's given and that's, that's fantastic, but, but, But what should cut you to the core today is what is not asked by Paul. He does not ask for strength to be moral, to be upright, to be acting well. He'll tell you, we got some chapters coming of some ways this might play out. But he asks for strength to know what you don't actually know. And this is where we go wrong. I think I know. You did catch that, right? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, it means you don't know it. And you think you know it, and you don't know it. And you continue to study it, and you don't know it. And it continues to be something that's leached out of you and over and over. What you need is this, says Paul. Oh, God, please help them. 
If the well is deeper than you can plumb, you haven't plumbed it. Our weakness is that we do not trust that God is for us. Or for others. And I slide back in and I want to use the strength that I have to prove to God and to other people and even to myself that, that I've actually got this, you know. I've got to prove it. I've got to keep on the treadmill. I've got to act rightly. I've got to get something done in order to Him keeping being for me and all that grace stuff. Dax, I got it. But now I need to move on. And so get faced with this this morning. This is the prayer. For Christians, not for unbelievers that they might get Jesus or know Jesus or have their eyes open to the cross. This is for people who have that this is it and how complete he sees this request as. He is not saying, I pray this for you and then there's some other things you need to. I'll pray for that later. He said, you and I have a need. We are needy. Christian. He's asked for that need to be filled. That's because we're weak. We need strength. The strength is this upside down that to know the love of Christ for you. Not strength to love Christ, strength to know you're loved. And this is all you need. But no, it's not. Yeah, we're not done. See what the Bible says. Don't get mad at me. This is our fullness. This is it. To know the love of Christ, he says, right, that surpasses knowledge. That, this is the direct outflow of that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So know the love of Christ, and this is what's connected to, this is the thing that's needed that you lack, in order that you may be filled with the fullness of God. i got to say it like that, fullness of God. Because it's like that, right? It's mass. That's a lot of fullness. I was pumping up my tire yesterday to go take a bike ride with my kids, and it says PSI, and it has a limit. And I was getting there and pumping it, and I said, uh-oh, I better not put any more in. Because when it's full, it's full. You want to be filled with the fullness of God? Grab hold of this. May you comprehend the depth of your belovedness in Christ every moment the way to be filled with this fullness is understanding how much he loves you this is the task this is what's in front of you this supernatural thing you need this is what God provides this and this alone fills you to his fullness if the Holy Spirit's at work it's not about solving society's problem not about you increasing in your understanding of the moral code not about your success in whatever endeavor you're after all of that's fine. There's nothing wrong with any. Go for it. Just don't miss that the fullness, what you need to be filled with the fullness of God, you must get this one thing, Christian. Do you glimpse how deep and wide and high and broad is the love of Jesus for you? The Holy Spirit at work to get you here. Not to move on. There isn't more fullness. This is the fullness of God because of the love of Christ for you is the amazing depth. I, I, I wonder if He can do it. I wonder if God can really get us to see how much Jesus loves us. 
That's what we're praying for. Knowing that we're so distracted. Knowing that what we want are other things. We want to focus on our love for God and our love for people and compare it about others and, and then be sad about our circumstances. I wonder, I wonder if He can do this. He can give us this one thing to fill us with His fullness. Paul thinks so. Look how he ends. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen do you see what he's saying He's saying he's able to do more abundantly than all we ask or think. What did I ask for? That you might grasp the depth of the love of Christ for you according to the power at work within us. What, what's the power doing? It's helping us see the depth, the width, the height, the love of Christ for us. And you know what? That's what glorifies God. Do you see? To him be glory because he's doing this. He can, he's able, he has the ability more than we can ask or think. He is doing it by the power of his spirit. Even in this moment, even today right now, you're hearing it and you're hearing it on our cast or wherever you are. If you would hear, it is finished. If you would receive, you are adored forever. If you would not be distracted by your performance or measure your love, but be blown away by his love for you. You're a sinner, and you're forgiven. That's the work of God in Christ. Okay, the push today is both in what is said and what is not said by Paul. Paul's prayer hits our great need is fully met in the strength which God supplies, not your strength. That strength is to understand how loved we are in Christ. We need His strength to even do it. This supernatural power to get us there. So if you're going, I just don't see the love of Christ. Yeah, it's not about you reading the next book. It's about you receiving this prayer today that the Holy Spirit might be at work in you by His power to open your eyes to the depth of Christ's love for you. What is not said is that you need other things. That you need deep understanding of the law. That you need practical wisdom and how to live life. Because all that stuff, it's good, it's not bad, but it will fail you. It is what the world seeks, right? You know it's a famous verse. Let's go there for a second and just end this way. It says, for Jews demand signs. God, give me a sign of what direction I should go. And what? Greeks seek wisdom. Let us study how to live skillfully, how to be a good parent and a good citizen and a good person. But we preach Christ crucified. Stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. It's folly for me to tell you that all you need to know is the love of Christ for you. How stupid can you get, Dax? Christ crucified is our message. It's not wisdom. Not wisdom from the world. It's not a sign. Not sign for personal direction. 
Of course, He is. And it goes on to say, right? But those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. Consider your calling. Not many of you are wise. Not many of you are powerful. Not one of you are noble. But God chose what is foolish to shame the wise. He chose what is weak to shame the strong. He chose what is low and despised, even things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. It's never going to be what you do. Because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. This is our boast. I'm beloved by my Savior. Okay, we come back here, right? We trust in Jesus and His work for us. This is being strengthened with power to be able to trust in His love for us. This is the great fount we gather around. This is the supernatural work. This is the height, the depth, the breadth, the width to know the love of Christ. When we fall, when we fail, when we struggle, when we don't understand, we can stand on this rock because He does love us. It is the truth. This is upside-down wisdom, Christ crucified. What does Christ crucified mean? It means He adores you. He died for you. Into every situation, into every wrong thought and action, into every person who judges you and mocks you for simply trusting in His love, no matter what comes, He is for you. He's in the midst of you. This is underneath us forever. As we die, but we trust in His love, So we are resurrected. This is our hope. Don't you dare move from it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this amazing prayer, Paul. Thank you that it's right here in the Bible for us to see, for us to understand. And Lord, that that's our prayer this morning. Our prayer for this body, for the people that we know, is that we might comprehend, might have the strength to understand, even even a little bit more, the height and the width and the breadth and the depth of your amazing Son's love for us. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the crucified Savior. Thank you for all you've done for us. And may that be driven into our hearts even this morning by the power of your Spirit. Oh, Lord, we want it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.